So this morning, I want to minister a word that I believe the Lord gave me. How many know everybody here has a ministry? Not only behind the pulpit, but you have a ministry at home. Husbands have a ministry at home. Wives have a ministry at home. Women have a ministry, either with uh, taking care of their family. Amen. We have a ministry in the church. You have a ministry on your job. If you're a student, you have a ministry in school. We all have a ministry. And I want to talk this morning from 2 Kings, second chapter. 2 Kings, starting at verse 13. We're going to go to verse 13, then we're going to go to verse 15. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Verse 15. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed down to the ground. The name of the message this morning is taking up your mantle. Need to take up a mantle, especially in the days that we are living in. We need to take up the mantle. Every person here has a mantle to pick up and has a mantle to wear according to the will of God. Every person, every child, every Man, every woman, doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter your ethnicity, you have a mantle by the will of God. Now, how many know this mantle can be missed? The mantle can be rejected, and the mantle can be worn carelessly, or it can be worn correctly, and it can be worn with dignity. And we want to wear that mantle with dignity. And with correction. And each and every one of us has a custom-made mantle on its way to fit around your life and your ministry. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you're doing in your life. You have a ministry that you can work with. How many know if you were convinced that this was true, you would do something? You would prepare, and you would prepare in every way possible, and then you would also be attentive, attentive as how to how, how to that mantle might be passed on to you. How does that mantle get passed on to me? What do I have to do when that mantle gets passed on to me? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the great things that are happening here at Life Church. We thank you for the baptisms. We thank you for the, the, the saving of the young people and what you're doing in our young people's lives. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing here this morning. And Lord God, I just ask that you just use these lips of clay to minister your word and that your people would receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. In 1 Kings 19, we have Elijah, a prophet that passes the mantle. 
It states in 1 Kings 19, verse 16, Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimsha, as king of Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shapheth, of Abel Meloah, you shall anoint as the prophet in your place. Verse 19. So he departed from there, and he found, come on, everybody say, he found Elisha. He found Elisha, the son of Shapheth. And what was he doing? He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Other versions say that he put the mantle on him. King James Version says he cast the mantle on him. Now, if you define the word mantle, let's define the word mantle. In Hebrew, the word adrat, A-D-D-E-R-E-T-H. It translated, it means glory, splendor, magnificent, hallelujah, cloak. It's also translated glorious, powerful, noble, worthy. So this mantle is not, ta- is not to be taken up lightly. It's a worthy mantle. It's mantle. Come on, saints. It was made of either fur or of fine material. It was a prophet's garment. Now, the mantle in Scripture refers to something that is majestic, superior, glorious, powerful, noble, worthy. Come on. Mighty, magnificent. The mantle was a symbolic of the power resident in the prophet by the Holy Spirit. The mantle was symbolic of the authority and the anointing and the ministry grace upon God's chosen leader. How many of you are God's chosen here this morning? The mantle was symbolic of the sacrifice and commitment of the one who wore that mantle. There comes a sacrifice. There comes a commitment when you take on that mantle. The mantle was symbolic of walking in a fresh anointing and a new boldness to act out the will of God in a believer's life. Believer's gifts. Come on, saints. The mantle was symbolic of the gracious, powerful, superior to anything else, a mighty Holy Spirit cloak that's upon you to do great and mighty things. Now, the passing of the mantle has come to mean the transfer of authority and the transfer of anointing from one leader to another, from one generation to another. Fathers, One generation to another. Mothers from one generation to another. We need to have to pass it on. Passing of the mantle is the passing of a legacy. How many have a legacy they want to pass on? Passing of the leadership baton, which lives on and continues to have an impact on the present day problems. 
It is a gift given to the next generation. Now, Saints Elisha, how many know was an unlikely, unlikely choice to receive that mantle? He was. If you go to 1 Kings 19, verse 19 to 21, he says, So he departed from there, and he found Elisha, the son of Shapath, who was plowing in, with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what I have done to you. So Elisha turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slitty. Come on, he burned the things behind him. He burned his past behind him. And he boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Given to an unlikely choice of people. The New Testament, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 to 29 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen what? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glorify in his presence. The mantle finds people in the field of obscurity. God find you. Find me. In the field of obscurity. Some of us were lost. Completely lost. In the field of obscurity. It says in verse 8, and he found Elisha. He found him. And when he found him, Elijah threw his mantle on him. Now, if you look up the word through, it comes from the Hebrew word shalak, which is in the costive tense. It's placing the emphasis on the fact that Elijah caused the action. Elijah found him, and Elijah took his cloak, his mantle, and threw it on him. He caused the action. Elisha did not know what was happening. He found him. Elisha plays no part in this thing, no part in this initiation. The action is solely caused by Elijah. How many know God took you out? God placed you. He grabbed hold of you. You were in a field of obscurity doing your thing when God said, no, I want him. I want her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen this morning. The act of casting the mantle on the shoulders of Elisha was a cultural and spiritual act that was understood by Elisha. Now he understood something. It was an act of adopting a son. 
a call in relationship and trust before the inheritance was given. Come on, we have to get that relationship with Christ. We have to get that relationship one with another. A lot of times before the inheritance could come. Elijah became his spiritual father. We need mentors. We need spiritual fathers. And what did Elisha do? He went back, kissed his parents, said goodbye, and found a new father in Elijah. What is happening is that Elisha, Elijah, I'm sorry, was calling Elisha into a relationship. And that relationship was a mentoring relationship. When God called us, he called us into a relationship, a mentoring relationship. I want you to read my word. I want you to pray. I want you to speak to me. I want you to become close to me. I want to be your father. I know you've been lonely. I want to hug you. I know you've been going through some things. I want to speak to you about how to get out of it. I want to hold you tight. I want to love you. Because what Pastor Mike has been preaching on the love of God. As a father. It was the formal offer of the prophetic office to Elisha. The nobody called to be a God somebody. It was a clear, clear call to a future, to a destiny, to a new ministry. But God called me out of being a police officer. Come on. I was lost, doing my own thing, but he called me out. And when he called me out, I had to get under a mentoring relationship with him and with those around me, Pastor Lou, all those that came around me, Ciro, all those, Al, all those that came around, and we had a relationship, and we grew in that relationship. It came into a new destiny. It was an invitation to live by the prophet's rule of persecution. Maybe poverty. It was a call of unusual ways of making decisions. Not like the old way of making a decision. You had to make a decision by starting to pray, by starting to look at the Word of God. There's different ways of making decisions, not just off the top of my head. Different way of making decisions. It's an uncertain living patterns. Maybe God's going to call me to Bloomington, Indiana. Out of New York City. Or maybe God's going to call me overseas. Like my grandson just left overseas for a full year. Uncertain places you may go. 
God may send you somewhere where, Jesus, I didn't think I was going to go there. It traded all of Elisha's security and comfort. Sometimes you have to trade away all that comfort and all that security to follow God's will. It was a distinguished honor and a high calling. No sacrifice would be too great because he had been touched by the mantle. It was a call to servitude. Mantle would not be his without him first having a servant's heart. And if you don't have a servant's heart, how about that's the first thing God puts in you? Oh, what can I do for so and so? What can I do? What can I do for the church? I want to work in the church. I want to do this. I want to do that. He gives us a servant's heart. Amen. It was a call to preparation. To take the mantle that God offered and never, ever let it go. Hold on to it. Never let it out of, never put it down. Hold on to it with everything that you have. Found in the field of obscurity. Like leaders before him and leading after him, the mantle found him. He did not find it. He didn't go, let me go get a ministry. Where can I find it? Let me go to this church. Maybe they have it there for me. Let me go to this place. Maybe... It found him. He was sought. He didn't seek it. He was not pushing himself into the right place with the right mantle at the right time. Hold on. Let me see if I got the right time. This is the right time. Maybe I'm all ready. Let's go right now. No. He was chosen. Because of his heart. He had a heart for God. The hidden man. The man God finds. You see, the mantle falls on those who have been preparing quietly and deeply. They've been sitting, preparing themselves. In 1 Samuel 10, verse 21 to 22, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the families of Matri was chosen, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore, they inquired the Lord further, has the man come here yet? And the Lord answered, there he is, among the equipment. There he is, he's working. There he is, he's plowing. First Samuel 13, 40, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. 
Amos said, Amos answered and said to Amzai, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of the of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender a tender of a sycamore tree, sycamore fruit. He was working. Psalm seventy eight seventy. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold. He was working. The mantle seeks a discipline lifestyle. That disciplined lifestyle is focused on his life, his work, his family, his responsibilities. Saints, great leaders have been called from their work. Elisha had a marked characteristic of contentment with that position, that present position that he was in. And he had a willingness to fulfill his responsibilities as a worker. He knew what he was doing. He knew he had to plow the field. He knew he had to keep a straight line. He knew he was disciplined. He had to hold on to those oxen, those strong things. He was a disciplined lifestyle. David tended sheep. Peter and John were fishermen. Paul was a tent maker. Jesus was a carpenter. The mantle seeks those who stay the course. Found by a plowman. An unlikely person to receive this powerful calling. But Elisha was a finisher. Plowing demanded something. Plowing demanded long hours and hard work through every season, every day, and it allowed those shortcuts. Your work was exposed for everyone to see. Elisha learned patience, the ability to stay the course. He was not afraid of the routine. Oh, I can't take it. I'm just doing the same thing every day, every day. Pastor doesn't have me do anything else but the same thing every day. He stayed the routine. He plowed a straight line. How would you like to be behind the oxen every day? Come on. The mantle seeks a person who can be faithful with another man's goods. Before you can lead others, you need to manage yourself. Elisha learned to be a self-manager. And as he plowed his father's fields... He was faithful with another man's field. He could be trusted. His plowing was a mark of character. Hallelujah. The impact of being touched by the mantle was right away. It was immediate and it was profound because Elijah, Elijah had already developed a heart for God's will. And he responded right away, immediately. It happened suddenly. See, what he had become over the years would now serve him in a moment of a quick response. He knew what to do in his heart. He responded at that moment with, yes, I will follow you. 
Yes, he was open, available, eager to respond to the call of God. And he responded with a resolve. It was a no turning back. I will burn everything of the past. I will let it go. I will take it all. I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to look back at the plow. I'm not going to look back at my life before you. I am going forward. As the mantle of authority and anointing came upon Elisha, he knew his life was marked. He could never ever be the same again. When Jesus touches you, you will never ever be the same again. Timothy the great preacher in New York City and he's written so many books and he's a Methodist. He's a great, great preacher. He wrote this. It is such people who in the hand of God become the ones who achieve mighty things in the economy of Christ. There is no debate, no delay. They simply step out to do God's will now. What is it you want me to do? Now I will do it, whatever it is. Elisha severed his too many people holding on to their past. He severed it. Giving up family. Giving up friends. Giving up his farm. Giving up his future. He served the call. What do you need to sever from your past? What is it that's holding you back to receive the mantle that God wants in your life? Elijah, Elisha left his oxen. He abandoned his old way of life. He loosed himself from the responsibility of that life. And he seized the call. Now, we can seize the call, but there's something that I want to share with you here this morning. I want, to tell, I want you to know what the call is not. Some of us don't know what the call is not. Let me tell you what the call is not. The need is not the call. Come on, saints. The need... For leaders of the Lord is very, very apparent, and it's certainly apparent. But the need alone does not constitute the call. The opportunity is not the call. Oh, I see the need, and I see the opportunity, but the opportunity is not the call. Because there are plenty of opportunities for serving the, the Lord, but this alone does not constitute the call. And certainly the ability is not the call. Because if the ability was the call, I wouldn't be here. The ability is not the call. We may be qualified spiritually, mentally, and physically, 
But these things do not in themselves constitute the call. The invitation is not necessarily the call. Some Elijahs may come to us, but we must be sure that the invitation is in fact God's voice speaking to you. The desire is not the call. We may have a burning desire to serve the Lord, but let us be aware, at least we move before we have his word of command. The call is that every believer, every believer is called to full-time service, to represent the Lord in every area of life. Our occupation is a call. Our home is a call. Our working in the church is a call. Each represents a portion of the mantle of God on one's life. The mantle is received by those who have been tested. They've been tested and they've been proven. First Kings, uh, Second Kings 2.2 then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as the soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down the Bethel. There was a test. And that test of going down to Bethel was being over, they were going to be overwhelmed what a degenerate society. We are overwhelmed with a degenerate society. And they were being tested about moving into Bethel with they were living degenerate lifestyles. Well, well my life make a difference if I went down to Bethel. Bethel was a great place of heritage. But over the years, the city had spiritually declined. Yep. They set up a golden calf. Lost an entire generation. Look around you, saints. We're losing an entire generation. He lost an entire generation to skepticism. Is God real? Is he not real? I don't know. Maybe that tree is God. Maybe that rock is God. Maybe, ooh, maybe this little handkerchief is God. Uh. Lost him to mockery. You're being mocked in the news, on TV, everywhere you go. You're being mocked. They were being mocked. Scoffing. They forgot about their roots. This church should be full this morning, but people have forgotten about their roots. Hello. 
young people of Bethel were even more hardened. They were hardened than those in Elijah's day. Sound familiar? Bethel represented a double, a double evil in society, which would require a double anointing. God knew what he was doing. When he said, Elijah, go get Elisha. He needs a double portion anointing to deal with what he's going to deal. And we need a double portion anointing to deal with what we're going to deal with in this society today and this generation today and this generation. A double portion anointing. Fathers need a double portion anointing. Mothers need a double portion anointing. Thank you, my brother. He went to Bethel test. He went to do a Jericho test. The test of settling down into a pleasant lifestyle. Because Jericho was called the place of pleasant. Oh, I'm so happy now. Everything is fine. I'm just going to go relax. But all of a sudden you get hit like boom. It was the school of the prophets. A place to see what today's young leaders were becoming. What are today's young leaders becoming? What are they lacking? He had to go there to find out. God sent him there. How are these young guys coming out? What are they doing in the school of prophets? What are they learning over there? What are they lacking? What are our leaders becoming today? The apostolic needs to come back to the church. The apostle needs to come back into the church. What lesson would Elisha Learn there at Jericho. Then there's the Jordan test. Come on, saints. The test of dying to your own ambitions one last time. Let's put it under the water. The mantle is passed to those who believe and ask for a double portion anointing. 2 Kings 2.15 Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. <clears throat> Verse 9 says this in 2 Kings And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please, please, let a double portion of your spirit come upon me. Father, Father, may God that I double portion of the spirit who resides with you reside likewise in me. What that double portion anointing. 
said, you have asked a hard thing and a good thing. How many want a double portion anointing? Amen. Amen. The double portion anointing is the right of the firstborn. Deuteronomy 21.17 says, But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. Double portion is the blessing of one who is greatly loved. First Samuel, when Hannah, first Samuel went five, but to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed the womb. He loved her, though. He really, really loved her. You see, the request of Elisha evidently is based on Deuteronomy 21, 17. Because it, den it denotes the double portion which the firstborn received in the father's inheritance. Elisha, resting his foot upon the law, requested to Elijah as a firstborn son. He was Elijah's firstborn son, the double portion of his spirit for his inheritance. And Elisha looked upon himself as the firstborn son of Elijah in relation to the other sons of the prophets. He says, I am the firstborn, even in relationship to those other sons. He grabbed hold of that mantle. It was securely possessed. He took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Then in verse 15, he says this. And when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they, sped, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground. The word rest in Hebrew is M-U-A-H. It signifies not only the absence of movement, but being settled in a particular place with the overtones of finality. This is final. I rest on it. Final. Over. Done with. Elisha has the mantle. It's the outward symbol to affirm that he is Elisha, Elijah's successor but how many know he wants more? He says, oh, God, I want a first-hand call with power and authority. I am in desperate need of a double portion of the Spirit. How many are in desperate need of a double portion of the Spirit this morning? He said, baptize me with a new anointing a double portion of the Spirit to do great and mighty things for you. Let me say this this morning. All mantles are valueless without the divine touch of the, of the anointing. 
it is useless for any man or woman to go into the work of God hoping to win victories with a mantle that is riddled with holes. By these little moths of doubt, unbelief, uncertainty. See, we get doubts then. Well, and what happens? The moths hit the mantle and get little holes in it. A hole of doubt, a hole of uncertainty, a hole of unbelief. And such a mantle never yet opened a path for prophet or preacher. Although, saints, it may have been wielded successfully by some other soul that has passion and power and charisma. But no anointing. You have all the charisma, all the flesh, but no anointing, no mantle of anointing. You picked up the mantle. Saints, I leave you with this. Do not fail to pick up. God sent opportunities. Pick up those things before your eyes. It says in Ecclesiastes 9, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Let me end with this in 2 Kings 2, verse 8 and 9. Now Elijah took the mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that way so that the two of them can cross over into dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said, ask, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit Come upon me.